Well, we're getting ready for the gun deer season in Wisconsin, which is a big deal, especially for me and my family. We are also watching Congress as they move through the budget process. And who better to talk to than one of our congressmen from the state of Wisconsin, Congressman Glenn Grothman, joins us on the phone. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning. I'm flying back to Wisconsin today, but thrilled to be on the show. All right. Always great to talk to you. So I, I got a fun one and then sort of a... A strange question. Then we'll get to some of the the budget stuff. But um, are are you a deer hunter? I, I know that you. That's you know your neck of the woods. I used to hang out at Shriners a lot on my way up to deer camp. You ever, are you a hunter? Uh, I was not raised in a hunting family. I have had people take me out and try to indoctrinate me into deer <laughs> hunting and turkey hunting, and I have failed to even shoot at a deer or a turkey, but I have tried several times. There you go. Well, that's, that's good for the uh, the relationship with your constituents because they love the fact that you come out. So just visiting a deer camp probably would uh, be welcome in, in your community. So uh, let me ask you about this, Congressman. So there's a lot of high-profile stories this week about the flexing that was done by some members of Congress, one senator, <laughs> apparently one congressman. What do you make of this? This um, I don't know what, you know, this machismo. I don't know machismo. who I you mean, well, we had, we had two incidents, right? We had one in which one congressman claimed he was elbowed by the other congressman. Right. I don't know what to say because they're both friends of mine. I'll blame the press. Um, <laughs> when, when we when we leave our, our room where all the Republicans get together, we walk down a long hallway, and there are many members of the press looking to interview us. And so there's not a lot of room sometimes to get through. And apparently one of our guys bumped another guy, and we'll just, we'll just say in the future the press will leave us more room. Right. How about that for a, an answer? And as far as uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen used to be in the house with me, and I'll tell you, he's ripped, as they say. He's ripped, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, former MMA fighter. Former MMA fighter, absolutely. I, I wouldn't want to pick a fight with Mark Wayne Mullen. I'll, I'll add that if you met him. All right, but on the bigger point, is, is this what we should be seeing from our elected representatives, this, this kind of stupidity? No, but I think it's an aberration. I haven't seen anything either, like either incident, uh, until this last week and the years I've been here. So, all right, no I one's threatening that... you to fight. No, all right, no. all right. Let's talk about the important stuff. A uh, a CR continuing resolution is now in 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 effect until what mid January, early January. Right, they they broke it into two parts: uh, part in January, part in February. The reason they broke it up is. We are trying not to go back to the days of one big 20,000-page bill at the end of the session. So by having two separate end dates, it doesn't guarantee, but uh, probably we'll have at least two bills. And, of course, the eventual goal is to have 12 bills. That's really the way it's supposed to be done. We break our budget into 12 separate smaller budgets and pass each one individually and Hopefully that's the way we'll do it. Although to me, it's more important what's in it than the the framework it's in. But it, it's good to try to get it broken up. And I think that was a benefit in the continuing resolution. You're getting the Senate, who above all likes to have one big twenty thousand page beam. Right. They are agreeing to at least break it into two ten thousand page beams. So is that progress? You think? 
I think it's progress. Yeah, I think it's progress, and I think I think they'll even break it up into more than that. So, yeah, because people back home dislike it, and as well they should. If I go back home and say I voted for this or voted against this, and but it's part of a big twenty thousand page package, you really can't tell where I stood on the individual issues. Right? So, so moving this conversation to January when we when we have to to make those hard decisions for at least a year, probably right or two years. Right. What what um what will change in January or February? That's in place now, what what conversation will be different? Well, first of all, the Senate by then, and even the House, we haven't completed our work yet, will have a negotiating position, so it'll be clear to see what the Republicans want and what the Democrats want, and hopefully all of that will be done sometime in the next two weeks, so we already will have negotiated for a month. The public will have a better chance to see where the Republicans are on the issues and where the Democrats are on the issues, and I think both sides like to believe the public is on their side, but uh, I think that's what will change the the demarcation lines between the Republican Party will be clear. It'll be clear as to whether we are sticking with the agreement that was made when we raised the debt limit on the slight spending cuts we're supposed to have in discretionary spending. So we'll see whether we stick with that. Some people thought we'd never stick with it. There are some Republicans who think the Republicans ought to break their promise and ask for bigger cuts. I don't think that's going to happen, but It'll it'll sure be a lot easier to talk about the difference between the parties you have a, in January than it is today. You have a new speaker, Mike Johnson from Louisiana. How would you um, judge or rate his his progress, his success as a new speaker moving this through? Well, it was very frustrating. I'll tell you that we had a vote on what you call a continuing resolution, which is say we won't shut down the government. We'll largely fund it at last year's levels, like you said, for another couple months. And Mike passionately asked for the Republicans to vote with him and give us another two months. Uh, one of the reasons we haven't got things done is, of course, we wasted a month trying to elect a new speaker, which wound up being Mike Johnson. Um, it was fresh. I will tell you, behind closed doors, three or four times, Mike asked the people who wanted to shut down the government, how do you think this is going to end? How is this going to wind up a victory for the Republicans if we shut down the government? Nobody had a way that it was going to wind up helping Republicans. Nevertheless, 93 of my colleagues decided to go to the floor and vote to shut down the government because I guess it's perceived to be the conservative thing to do, even though privately they could not tell us how it would result in anything but a defeat for the Republicans. And it will be a defeat because a lot of Republicans will be against the shutdown very quickly. They will team up with the Democrats, do what they call a uh, discharge petition, and completely divide the Republicans on something that shouldn't be done. So Mike asked, as a favor, our new, wonderful, good Christian Mike Johnson, ask his colleagues for a favor and just allow him another two months to work on this, pointing out correctly that when you fight, you've got to pick the right fights, not pick any fight, including fights you're going to lose. So Mike asked two or three times, maybe four times in closed conference, can you please give me a vote and vote for the shutdown? And 93 Republican congressmen said, no, Mike, we can't do that for you. I mean, you know, it's not like a continuing resolution is something, you know, a commandment you can't vote for in the Bible or something, at least not something that I saw. So I thought it was, I felt sorry for Mike, who was clearly putting his heart and soul into this thing. 
and 93 Republicans couldn't vote with them. What, what is the, what is the stubbornness behind this? I know that there's some people, Republicans and Democrats, who think their side is always right. But the reality is, when you don't have the votes, you have to sometimes work with the other side, whether that's a Democrat working with Republicans or vice versa. So the stubbornness, at least this is my opinion, just gets in the way of getting things done, uh, other than making a grandstanding speech, uh-huh. which is what some of these people want to do. Well, we did we did extend the time, so we got it done. We knew we were going to get it done. But uh, I, I think it provided some people who had no no end game. But it provides some congressman with a chance to say, look at me, I'm Mr. Conservative. I want to shut down the government. And by the way, if we shut down the government and federal employees are not working, they get paid anyway. Did you know that? Yes. They get paid anyway. So it's not like you can say, we're going to save some money here and set these federal employees home because they're not doing anything anyway. No, they get paid anyway. And you know something else? That is a stupid law, right? If you're not working, you shouldn't be paid. <laughs> That's true. But they changed they changed that law in 2017. And in 2017, the last time we had a big shutdown, Donald Trump was president. And Donald Trump did not want the shutdown, by the way. It was Republicans in the Freedom Caucus and that crowd who wanted the shutdown at that time, saying, we want to fight, we want to fight. And the shutdown lasted for, I think, over a month. And after a month, the Republicans were so scared to death and so beaten down, they panicked. And all but five Republicans voted to say in future shutdowns, we are going to pay the employees even if they're not working. You know, one of the five Republicans, by the way, who voted against that stupid idea was me. Me. I thought it was stupid. And I argued against the shutdown at that time. I told those people it was a mistake. And those people who wanted the shutdown in 2017 turned around and were so beaten that they voted for an idiot bill saying that in the future, if we had a shutdown for two months, everybody gets paid whether they're working or not. All right. So, so what's that? that that's it. What's the big issue? What's the big issue going to be in January and February? Is it uh, the border, Ukraine, uh, Israel, the Israel? What is it? Well, the, the the Ukraine and Israel are outside of the regular budget. Those are going to be separate bills. I think the Ukraine package will be very important because the Republicans are going to say, okay, Joe Biden, if you want more money to protect Ukraine from the Russian invasion, why don't you do something to protect us from the invasion south of the border? I would say that's the most significant debate that's going to happen in the next two months. It won't be part of the budget. It will be part of the new Ukraine bill. Is there an, is there any sort of bipartisan coalition for for effective and meaningful border policy? You think? Uh, not right now. I think public pressure will be applied, and the Democrats will agree to something. But you got to remember, right now we're getting over two hundred thousand people crossing the border every month. We used to have like ten thousand, like a twentieth as much. So there's no reason we can't get back to ten thousand and. I think the Republicans ought to hold out for that and say, Joe, if you want more money for Ukraine, find a way. It's not rocket science. Trump did it. Find a way to get us back down to five to 10000 a month. Wisconsin Congressman Glenn Grothman, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you down the road. Absolutely. All right. Wisconsin Congressman Glenn Grothman joining us in the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. We'll take a break here.